You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, sexymarriage.net. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where we're having straightforward, honest conversations where you want to take the discussion and the way you interject your thoughts, your questions, your opinions, your topics. 214-702-9565 is the voicemail line. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com is the email. And that's the best ways to get a hold of us is those two ways. Give us a shout. So alongside my wife, Pam, as always. Hey, greetings, everyone. We are so grateful that uh, the Sexy Marriage Nation takes the time out each week to spend it with us. And we also are grateful that uh, we have sponsors for our shows. And this episode of Sexy Marriage Radio is brought to you by Simple Health. Convenient and affordable care, which provides online birth control prescriptions and delivery. Prescriptions are usually $20, but Simple Health is offering you a prescription for free. Just go to simplehealth.com forward slash SMR or enter the promo code SMR at checkout. So what's coming up this this time of year now that we are uh, into the new year? February is here. Where did January go, by the way, Pam? It's gone. I, it, we blinked and it was gone. But one of the things that happens as we gear up each year is we gear up for the Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway. Yes. Which is coming up June 20th through the 23rd in 2019. And it's filling up fast. It is. I'm looking forward to meet, meeting some new faces this year. Mm-hmm. Looking forward so to it. Well, you, not that we haven't in past years. But if you're on the fence you. about thinking, should I go? Should we not? Maybe we'll just wait. Uh, the one deadline we have for sure that's for the early bird discount is April 15th, Pam's favorite day. It is. And the other thing that you need to be aware of, though, is if you're thinking about coming and we are full, there's a waiting list then, which we're not full yet, but we're close. Yeah. So if you're on the fence, uh, sign up now, sexymarriage.net forward slash getaway. Is how you can reserve your spot and then hang out with us for the four days at the Marriott Solana, just north of the DFW airport. So coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio, um, we're going to talk a little bit about what uh, this past weekend's Super Bowl can teach you about marriage. I know you're excited about that. Okay, I kind of am. I'm interested in what you have up your sleeve there. Plus a couple of questions that have come in and our answers. And then on the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is deeper, longer, and no ads, you can subscribe at sexymarriage.net. We're going to have a extended conversation about how to fight well in marriage. I like that one. So that should be a lot of fun. So all that's coming up on today's show. All right, so we just finished Super Bowl weekend as of the airing of this show. We did. So you have the Dynasty of the New England Patriots, Mm -hmm. also known to a lot of the country as the evil empire, the Death Star. (laughs) You know, there's (laughs) it's because, you know, that comes alongside with any team that's really, really successful. There's a lot of people that just that just the the indifferent ones are typically more eh, rooting against than for. Sure. So you have a lot of people that will root against them even though you have to commend the work. You do. And the ethic and just the ability. But one of the things that, that stood out to me as we were watching this game this weekend, and 
you read all the stuff that's online about it and how it was a boring Super Bowl and it was ineptitude of offensiveness and good defensive game planning and all that kind of stuff. I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? There's actually some things that have happened throughout the course of this game that are totally applicable to marriage. Okay, I want to hear what you got. And the main thing is the team that ended up winning, which are the New England Patriots, their ability and their gift of resourcefulness is what won the day for them. Yeah. Okay, so here's set, let me set the scene. Set it. So you get this whole thing with if you're if you're a sports fan or not, that doesn't really matter with this conversation. But and I'm not going to geek out on the sports side of this thing for today's show. But it, it is one of those things. Everybody goes into a, a, a contest with a game plan. Well, hopefully same, you do. Yeah. Well, if you're a professional level, you do. You do. <laughs> so everybody goes in to marriage with a game plan, whether they know it or not. They have an expectation. Okay. They have this idea of here's what's going to happen. Here's how, how things are going to unfold. And one of the things that's probably been one of the biggest hurdles for marriage struggle in today's day and age is the ability that Hollywood and Hallmark have had to put out there the whole happily ever after. This is just going to be this romantic, blissful walk on the beach every night at sunset, strolling through life. Okay, so I have a question because I see a big difference between a game plan and expectations. Well, that's I'm putting those two as the same thing as far as for the point of my conversation here. Okay. <laughs> Not Just getting full buy-in from my wife on that duly one. Duly noted that I think those are two different things. Okay. And there's a lot of people that go into marriage without an actual game plan, but we got plenty of expectations tied to it. Okay. Well, but even with the, and we're splitting words here. But even with the idea of a game plan or expectations, which I'm going to use them interchangeably in our conversation, yes, then you're talking about, <laughs> we go into this with, here's what I want to have happen. Here's the way I'm going to do this. Yeah. Here's how things are going to yeah. unfold. Yeah. And those are the same thing to me. Okay. And I think a lot of what happens is the newness of marriage wears off whatever time frame that takes with the honeymoon is gone. And now people are left with, Everything's going wrong. Maybe I made a mistake. What are we doing? Why is this not working? It gotcha. used to be so easy and effortless when we were dating, and now it's not. And how nimble are we and ready to... How can we change the plan? How do we get resourceful when what yes. we've been trying isn't working? Right. Because one of the things I heard in the Monday after the, the Super Bowl was uh -huh. the winning drive, it ended up being... The offensive coordinator for the Patriots walked over to the offense and said, okay, everything we've been doing is not working, so we're scrapping it, and we're doing something we've not even practiced. Here you go. And he started drawing stuff. It turned into playground ball almost. But their ability to, okay, we'll make this work. We'll figure it out. I think that can be a tremendous marker of a successful marriage. Yeah. Because you can come to your spouse and be able to say, okay, hold on. This isn't what I thought it was going to be, or we've hit a really rough patch, or this season is really rougher than I thought it was going to be. And now rather than me overreacting and thinking, ah, chuck it all, I'm out, or making big major fights about it, what if two adults were able to sit there and say, okay, so what could we do? How can we make this work? Right. What, what are our options here? Yeah. And that's when you have Sexy Marriage Radio. 
you have getting yourself online with me or in my office or a mm-hmm. local therapist in your area. You have all kinds of books at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, yeah. and all the different places. So there's resources available, but more often than not, couples don't reach for that until there's been major problems that are way ingrained. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons is, is because we have the wrong view of what is success in the long term, because I'm going to go back to the game. Go. Okay. Well, I'm here, and so I'm seeing I'm seeing your vision more now because the game plan. I'm I'm guessing for a lot of people going into marriages, what did I see example to me growing up, and that's how I'm going to do marriage, or maybe and I saw a terrible one exampled in my thought. I'm going to do the exact opposite. To do the exact opposite. And I think also the fairy tale land of childhood play plays into this. Oh, sure. Okay. Because you play these kinds of things and you set it up the scenario and the fantasy mm-hmm. and reality is different. But then when we're talking about this, um, go back to the game that I, I have never played professional football. I will, I will gladly admit that. Duly noted. Okay. So, but from my understanding, when you're in the middle of those kinds of battles, they're not necessarily thinking success at the end of the game at that point. They're thinking success of what's the next drive, what's the next play, what's the next job. And I think a lot of times, what this is what I've seen a bunch of times in my office, in the mastermind groups I run with, and then also just in the people we run life with. Mm-hmm. We have the wrong view or vision of what is success. What's accomplishing a true goal? Because if I got some sort of a problem or I got some sort of a chronic thing, this is the way it plays out in marriage a lot, is I got something I want to bring up. We need to talk about. And so my idea of success would be we have a real long, drawn-out conversation about it, come to some sort of understanding and a resolution, and we agree upon it, and we move on our merry way. I think that's what most people would would deem as success. The problem's gone away. Sure. Well, what if actually... Success is I air my version and my view of the problem. That's a success. Because I was able to overcome that fear right. of not having it right. brought up. Yeah. But, but I, also, I also will have too big of a goal set almost. It's, the vision's too big hmm. where I get this and I'm trying to play both sides of the equation then because I want you to have a conversation about it and us both be rational and calm and not reactive and defensive and all the different things we're going to talk about in the extended version today. Yeah. (laughs) But, but instead I need to look at this as, okay, you know what? I brought it up. I, I approach, I approached the subject and I put it out in the open and now I have changed the dynamic between us, but that's still success. Because if you think about it, Tell me if you agree with this or not. Okay. I think a lot of married life and what creates a great marriage is the ability for the couple to recover individually and together because we get knocked off our our game a little bit Mm -hmm. and we recover. I would agree with that. I would agree with that because if we're not recovering individually, number one, there's no way that the marriage itself can fully recover. Right. Um, if we're recovering individually, 
great, but if we're recovering totally separate from one another, maybe that's not a win for the marriage. It's a win for you individually. Sure, but that could in turn become a, a win for the marriage because it, it could be, you know, if you've been in any kind of a lengthy marriage, you realize, wow, there's stuff that I'm learning about my spouse I didn't know because it wasn't born in them yet, possibly, or yeah. I just was, I had blinders to it, or I didn't want to admit it. And then there's even parts of myself that I'm not even aware of yet, because mm-hmm. they're not born yet. So it's being able to recognize one of the best things I can do for the system of my marriage sometimes is be able to say, you know what, I'm a little off balance. I need a little time for me to kind of get my bearing before I pick up the conversation where we left it off. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times we go into this belief that a conversation is a tennis match all in one fail swoop. Yeah. That it's just the back and forth, back and forth, kind of like we do the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but in reality, you and I have conversations that could take days. True. Because you've kind of, I need to, air, hold on, I got to collect my thoughts. Okay, here's where I think about this now. And then now, okay, I need a little bit of time to, to, to decipher that and what it really means. And I'll get back to you. And then a day or two later, later that day, whatever, I'll come back. Mm -hmm. And I think if we could change the framework, you start to recognize that what what success really is, is I'm being true to myself, I'm being authentic, I'm being solid, and I'm also not demanding. I'm being open to the varieties and the resources and the options that could be. Okay, and not demanding about how someone ends up viewing it, just success that you you aired whatever it's, it was, and now it's on the table. Right, right. And I think if you look at the Super Bowl, that's kind of what happened as everything unfolded, especially late into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. That all the stuff was just, okay, this isn't working, this isn't working, this isn't working, and now all of a sudden, hey, let's try this. And lo and behold, it worked. Congratulations to the New England Patriots. Yeah, job well done. You just helped save a whole bunch of marriages. I <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Sexy Marriage Radio is brought to you by Simple Health. Simple Health is care that fits your life. Using technology to provide simple, convenient, and affordable care at home, starting with online birth control, prescriptions, and delivery. No more doctor's offices, waiting rooms, or pharmacy lines. Get birth control prescribed, renewed, and delivered from wherever you are on your schedule. Simple Health helps cut down the barriers like access to doctors, insurance status, or cost that can prevent women from getting birth control. Birth control is a personal choice, and Simple Health is a discreet and comfortable option. They offer trusted brands of birth control and have licensed doctors that have helped build the product and review every patient with rigor and care. Simple Health doctors can prescribe over 100 brands of the pill, as well as the patch or ring. Plus, they personalize a recommendation based on your health profile and prof- excuse me. Plus, they personalize a recommendation based on your health profile and personal preferences. Simple Health accepts insurance and birth control and is free with most insurance plans. If you don't have insurance, birth control pills start at $15 a month and delivery is free. This service is not a replacement for routine evaluations by your primary care physician or gynecologist, but it is the most convenient and comfortable way to get your birth control. The prescription is usually $20 
but Simple Health is offering you a prescription for free. Just go to simplehealth.com slash SMR or enter the promo code SMR at checkout. That's a free prescription when you go to simplehealth.com slash SMR or enter promo code SMR at checkout. So here's an email that came into the inbox, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. All right. And the title of it is Healthy Alternatives to Sex as a Weapon. Oh, that's an interesting one. It is. And so here, I'm just going to paraphrase some and read some. So this will take just a couple of minutes, possibly. But hi, I just discovered SMR about three months ago and have been listening Bender ever since. I'm not sure what I'm going to do now that I've caught up with you. What will I listen to all day? But I've learned so much from your shows. (laughs) There's been a notable difference in my marriage since I decided to start focusing on my own side of the equation. So I wanted to pose this to see if it's applicable to the sexy marriage nation. And I don't want to get too stuck in all the details. So it's common to hear about women withholding sex as a punishment for unappreciated behavior from their spouse. I never understood this, but it might be having more to do with the fact that I'm the high desire partner. This sounds like cruel and unusual punishment to me, equal to starving a misbehaving child. That said, I can now understand why a partner may resort, resort to such behavior when their spouse is a repeated offender for a couple of reasons. The first being that nothing stifles desire more effectively than frustration and anger towards your spouse, and because I've never been told what I should do in this type of situation. What are some healthy strategies for handling repeated shortfalls from a spouse? I'm talking about things like repeatedly blowing a mutually established budget, not following through on responsibilities, not honoring commitments, repeated porn use, etc. I found a lot of resources for setting mutual expectations, which we've both done, and I get his agreement, but these things that he's established and in, in he, then he continues to disregard are mutual expectations. I'm so lost and conflicted. It seems stupid to consider ending a relationship over unmet savings goals and dirty dishes, but it's been eight years of feeling like everything falls to me. I don't want to feel like jail warden, nag, and God forbid his mother, but I'm at the end of my rope. I've been making sure that I'm making my commitments and working to present something worth wanting, but I'm clueless at how to handle this. Any ideas? So is she thinking that she withholds sex because of those things? Um, I don't get that necessarily from my read of this. Okay. Um, that could be a possibility because she likens it to, as the higher desire, she likens it to that doesn't make sense to her initially. Yeah. But then when you get into the complexities and the frustrations of long-term relationship, now all of a sudden you're starting to see more of the person yeah. And the people and the, you know, so you start to get to where the grievances take a deeper root. They do. And, you know, I, m- my first thought on this is I, I think of um, the comment of unappreciated behavior, you know, withholding, purposefully withholding sex um, for unappreciated behavior. Right. And, I'm I'm sure there are people that are out there that that's their way. Well, I just won't give him sex. I my guess is that most of most people probably don't even think of it that consciously. Probably right? not. It's probably more of a subconscious. Not thing a direct line. What's happening here in this relationship? The other person isn't making me want them. Yes, and she touches on that because it squashes desire. Absolutely, that, re- it that does. frustration and resentment squashes desire. And for a lot of women, 
desire can be a tricky thing. <laughs> right? It can because be. Because it's not as close to the surface at times. And so littler things can knock you off. I, I get it. I totally get it. And I'm going to throw some men in there too, because men aren't impervious to this. No. Go ahead. But it you, is. You have some, I was going to say, you have something to say, so go ahead. No, but it's just, it's seeing this as, to answer the question right off the bat of, how do you avoid using sex as a weapon? You touched on it earlier of if you're withholding sex and it's because of a behavior or a disappointment or a real major frustration. When sex is used as a weapon, most in my office that I see it, it's, it's withheld, but it's not told. It's not in the open. It's not announced. Okay. So there's not a clarification, just like you're pointing out, Pam, of putting the pieces together to realize, you know what, with this kind of frustration and disappointment repeatedly happening, I don't have interest in having sex with you. That's a harder gap to bridge. Yeah. And if you realize that and that's what's happening, isn't that the the best way to deal with it? To, to say, you know, you just, I have no attraction to you because... You can't keep your commitments elsewhere. Right. And whether whether that commitment is sexually because we've agreed that porn isn't something we're using or whether it's because you've there's a debt situation that we're in and I right. I can't trust you with that kind of commitment and it, right. You know, sometimes it takes talking to someone else to realize, oh, all these things are piling up and are making me think Right. I don't trust the person I'm sitting, laying in bed with at so, night. So then it comes down to you need to do a little bit of work and soul searching. And if you did it with a girlfriend or a, a guy friend, if you're a male and you and this is an issue that you see, because I've I can think of two clients where a guy would have it, this would have been on the other foot. Okay. But if one of the things that would be beneficial is write out, okay, what are the grievances? What are the frustrations? So at least keep them apples to apples as much as applicable. Right. Because if it's just a, you know what, he can't, occasionally the socks just don't make it in the hamper. Well, no, no sex. You know, that's a, that's not quite. That's a weapon right there. That's, that's, that's going a little bit overboard. But if you have, you know what, he's committed to me about, he's cutting out the porn and he's steering all of this towards me. He's committed to me that we're going to be on a joint mission for the way we handle our money. And yet repeatedly that credit card bill is just getting higher and higher and higher with major purchases that are not. So it's basically a lying problem. And those are huge hits to libido and huge hits to trust. So therefore I don't have an attraction because of this. So at least you're putting um, almost line item, these things of, these are the major players that cause me the most grief. These are the other kind of things that are going to just, in some regards, we may not solve them because it's different family of origins and different lifestyle preferences of cleanliness and those kinds of things that aren't major way up the, the scale possibly, but at least you get a, a better picture of what's really going on. Mm -hmm. And then you can have a more honest conversation about here's the major frustrations I've got. And you could put them in order and at least get a clear kind of, this is how this impacts me. And you need to know this. 
Yeah, I think that turns it from being a weapon because I. Well, some of it's going to come down to the semantics of how you define that word, because even just the idea of I'm not interested in having sex with you, even though years ago when I said I do, that was kind of an understood we're going to have a sexual relationship. Well, that can be interpreted as you're weaponizing it. I would just say it as I'm being genuine with my use of it, though. I'm not there's no covertness going on. No, I would love to be attracted to you again. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to have trust in you mm-hmm. again uh, to make this something that is part of the relationship. Ugh. And this, yeah. how do I do that when I when I when I don't have a trust when I don't have that? Um, right, and this this is you. an interesting thing because just from just from our unpacking this conversation right now, Pam, uh, most of the stuff I'm kind of hearing. It's really a lying problem. It's an honesty problem. Yeah. You're just lying. Yeah. And nothing kills libido faster than lies. Because they come out. Yeah. (laughs) They get found. And and it's recognizing, this is Dr. Glover's phrase um, with the No More Mr. Nice Guy. He's been on the show several times. Yeah. Um, Trust equals lust for a lot of women. Oh, certainly. And so if she yeah. can't trust you, she's not going to lust after you. Mm-mm. And a lot of the things I don't think a lot of men recognize is I shoot myself in the foot when it comes to the lust possibility because I'm not living a trustworthy life. And then maybe that's not a huge trust barrier betrayals going on on the major things. It's the little things. It's the, I'm going to swing by the, uh, hey, babe, I'll, I'll swing by the uh, store on the way home and pick up some milk. And then I come home and I had forgotten the milk. Even if I go back to get it, there's still a little ding on my word. Right. And so it's being able to be a man and, in, and also in regards to a, be a woman that what you say, you do. You are a person of their word. Yeah. That's how you build trust the fastest. Yeah. Is you consistently are open, honest, upfront about who you are. That way... What happens between the two of you as far as sex goes, it's out in the open. It's out in the open. And and be willing to say, you know what? I screwed up on that one. Hey, I forgot the milk. Yeah. That's on me. I'll go get it. Right, because we're not hey, living I, perfect lives. No, here. yeah. I told you I would have left the office 30 minutes ago, and I didn't. Mm-hmm. Okay, do better next time. Right. So then it just comes down to, she's asking, what are the, what are the resources or how can I handle this? Then it comes down to what we talked about in the first segment. It's recovery. It's mm-hmm. how do I recover and, and really do apples to apples on, okay, so at this moment, because the milk was forgotten, it dinged me. That kind of hurt me. But maybe if we have a conversation about it and I see a, you know what, you're right, and an ownership of it, that can also bring about desire possibly. Ownership goes a long way. Mm-hmm. And obviously we belittle some of it with the milk reference, but right. you know, when there's been uh porn issues and maybe they were gone for two years and now they've hopped up again, uh, you know, yeah, at, that's a, that's a big ding that that's not just a own up to it and it's, it's all gone. Okay. But it's, it's a big ding, but it also is keep it in context. Yeah. You don't throw out the two years just because of the ding. Right. That's exactly right. right. So that's exactly it's, right. it's just recognizing how do you deal with stuff in real time as best you can while also being aware of history? 
mm-hmm. because that's how we know, is there truly change? Mm-hmm. And she's even alluded to this. She's gotten so much benefit by handling her side of the equation. This is just taking it another step further and handle your side of the equation by revealing, here's how this affects me. Here's what's really going right. on with this. Right, exactly. I am not attracted to that. Yeah. And that's real troublesome to me if we play this out long way down the future. And isn't that useful for your spouse to know what you're attracted to and what you're not attracted to? Yep. Because then you, you want to put it all in the framework of this is choice. We both choose this thing to happen as far as a relationship together. Yeah. So I'm making mine and I'm letting you know. And we'll see. You make yours. Mm -hmm. Hi, Corey and Pam. I know I missed the 400th episode because I just listened to it this morning, but I wanted to call in and still tell you how Sexy Marriage Radio has changed my life. I've been listening for almost six years, right before Shannon Etheridge came on. Um, I first found your show when you were a guest on the Simple Mom podcast. Your show has helped me see what is normal and what might not be normal, what it means to be the lower desire and the higher desire. It gave me permission to try new things and grew my confidence in the bedroom. This slowly translated into confidence in other areas of life, and I am so excited to be able to tell you that five months ago, I certified and became a life coach. I've decided to join you in your focus in helping People increase their sex lives or better their sex lives, and I'm focusing on helping Christian women have better sex. When I look back, I truly believe Sexy Marriage Radio has been a big part of my journey of self-discovery, and I am so grateful for it. Thank you for all you do. And we're going to leave it at that. We covered a lot of ground today. We did. We did. That was good info. (laughs) So if you missed the extended... And how to fight well in marriage. Um, we talked about John Gottman's work. I'm giving you that for free. <laughs> so you can go check out his work. If you also want to ha- hear my take on it and you're not a part of the Extended or the Academy, sexymarriage.net is how you can subscribe. Well, if we left something undone, we want to know 214 702 9565 or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And also a personal plea come join us at the getaway June 20 through 23. 2019 it's gonna be fun it'll be a great four days so wherever you are whatever you've been doing thanks for taking a little bit of time out of your day to spend it with us see you next time